Welcome to the Life in the Stocks podcast, ladies and gentlemen. My name's Matt Stocks. I'm the host, and the show features unedited, in-depth, candid conversations with a wide range of musicians, actors, comedians, and creatives. If you're not already, be sure to subscribe to Life in the Stocks on your favorite podcast platform. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and indeed all major podcast platforms. Be sure to give me a follow on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok as well, at MattStocksDJ. That way you can keep up to date with all of my live Q&A dates, my DJ performances, and of course, who's coming up on the show as well. But without further ado, let's crack on with the show, shall we? Here we go. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. How you doing, Rob? You all right? Yes, I'm doing great. Thank you, thank you, mate. Yeah, it's all this WhatsApping and Skyping and Zooming. It's a bit, it's a bit challenging <laughs> for an old metalhead. <laughs> life, life in 2020. Hey, how things have uh, progressed, but in many ways, just gone off the rails altogether. <laughs> you know, um, I can remember. Uh, looking at that calendar and going, oh, 2020, it's going to be amazing. It's not living in the future. And, and then look what happened. You know, it's been, a, it's been a right old rigmarole, hasn't it, one way or the other? Well, I remember when we were going into this year and obviously when you approach a new year, it's kind of everybody's tendency to get excited about it and plan ahead and look forward. And because this was a new decade as well, everybody was like, the roaring 20s, they're back, here we go. And then, God, two months later, it's just like full meltdown, full collapse. We're figuring it out as we go, though, and there is light at the end of the tunnel, I feel. And certainly for me today, I just finished reading your book, Confess, which is out now. And I absolutely loved it, Rob. I loved it so much. And I read a lot of biographies as part of the job, but just for pleasure as well. And this one's really got it all, as you would expect for an icon of your stature and somebody you know, that's led the quite eventful, incredible life that you have. But the thing that I loved really the most about it, and I found this with Ozzy's book as well, is I'm from Solihull. 
So I've spent my whole life in and around Birmingham. And when you're talking about your upbringing and your childhood, the streets, the pubs, the characters, all these things are so familiar to me and resonate with me on such a deep level that it just it increased my enjoyment of the book tenfold. It was so good. Well, thank you for those wonderful words, Matt. You've uh, you've made me feel great, and, and I really appreciate them. You know, when you, when when you, I've never done a book like this before, and, and I probably probably won't need to do another one again. But um, you know, I'm I'm writing this book with my mate Ian Dickens because he's he's the guy that put it all together. I mean, I just sat there and flapped my lips for like fifty, sixty hours, and he was able to really take my personality and put it onto the pages because that's the that's the feedback that I've been seeing. It's like you're having a conversation with me or rather, you know, you're listening to me yabber away, just coming off the pages and, and to some extent the same way with the audio book. But um, that's wonderful. And, and it's especially nice to know that you're a local lad as well. And that, um, that Ian's captured that flavor because, you know, our surroundings, our upbringing, you know, family, friends, location, everything like that. It seeps into us, doesn't it? It makes us the, the, the people that we are. Well, absolutely, yeah. And home is very much where the heart is, no matter where you reside geographically. And what I also loved is no matter how you know big Judas Priest got and your world was removed from this council estate upbringing in Warsaw, is your outlook and your attitude and your sense of humour throughout all of it, and this all comes across really well in the book as well, has remained distinctly, how shall we say, Midlands esque, <laughs> and yes, I love yes. that. Well, again, you would know that, but I, I think that maybe that's just a trait from from not only the Midlands, but I dare say the UK to to some extent. I'm very proud of who I am and where I'm from in that in that uh, in that type of thing. And uh, yeah, you know, you don't put yourself on a pedestal. You uh, you get on with it, as, as we say in the book, and um, you do your best, and, and, and that's it, you know. And, and I think that uh, I'm, I'm so pleased that I had that instilled into me by my mum and dad from a very early age. The thing about the book as well, Rob, is it's so incredibly candid and moving and deeply personal. You know, there's tragedy in there, there's heartache, there's suicide, there's death, there's some really heavy stuff. But at the same time, it remains this undeniably positive uplifting life-affirming read as well was it difficult for you to trudge over a lot of these details and experiences and go through your past in such a relentless uncompromising way did it suck it out of you um i've always used the reference that since i I, i've been clean and sober for like 35 36 years now that's made me a stronger person matt you know and um, I'm just more open and honest and truthful about just talking about anything. And and because of that place that I'm at now, um, I was able to address some of the more darker uh, moments uh, with the great guidance of Ian, Ian Gittins, who's also a local lad. Nice. He, I didn't know this. He's <laughs> yeah. in the same neck of the woods as us. So you see, that, made, that probably made it uh, a, a little bit easier for me to talk about some of those those uh, those deeper incidents and um, and I said to Ian you know right from the beginning well, what, what kind of book is this going to be I mean do, do you just want the, the music the band and he goes no it's got to be everything you know it's from as 
from your earliest memories and everything that's happened in your life. He said, and I know some of the things that have happened to you because I've done the research, not in any great depth, but, uh, but I'm aware of some of these things. And, and I think it's important because, again, we, we need to tell your story as completely as we possibly can. So I, I did have to, you know, he was great. I'm sitting in the kitchen in Walsall and you know, we started off in Phoenix and we end up in Walsall and some of the heaviest stuff happened in Walsall because we were going through it, you know, in the timeline of events. But, you know, you sit there with a cup of tea and a hobnob. <laughs> you, <laughs> you just pour it out. You pour your heart out. And uh, I'm glad that I did because those, some of those, you know, those darker episodes, they're important. That they're, they're important to, to, to address and not hide because mental health is a primary issue here on, on many levels. And, um, and uh, you know, a, again, whatever value that these, these particular chapters have in bringing up the, 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 uh, the subject of suicide and, and, and mental health and, and, and what have you, in today's world, more than ever, it's vital that we keep all of those channels open. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, today, although there's still a lot of work to be done in regards to mental health, but also with, you know, gay and trans rights, uh, the world's come on a lot since, you know, your heyday. But there is still a lot of work to do. And I think when you you share these experiences and you put yourself out there in such a way that you let people know the journey you've been on and let them know that they're not, you know, not alone it, I think, reaches people in such a way and brings people together. And I guess, you know, obviously you couldn't foresee in a million years this pandemic coming, and you touch on that at the end of the book. But I think now more than ever, we need to keep these communication tools open, don't we, and stay connected, even if we can't be physically near each other. It's important now more than ever, especially with mental health stuff, to to keep connected and plugged in to, to our basic humanity, right? Absolutely, and it's, it's on a worldwide level as well. It's just across the entire planet, and thank goodness we've got some of these amazing technological uh, advances, you know, to either text or Zoom or WhatsApp or Facebook or whatever. Imagine if this had happened in the 50s. Well, of course, there were pandemics. There were pandemics. There's always been a pandemic every now and again. I don't know how people were able to to cope in, in those times because we've got some of the tools now that we didn't have then to keep in, in touch with each other, it's very important that we do that. If your friend hasn't give you a, given you a text or a call in, in, a, in a day or two, just what, what's going on? You're all right, mate. You know, just just reach out because uh, yeah, just talking talking is just the, the most beautiful thing in in so many ways, and particularly dealing with, uh, with this particular issue that we're having to fight and slowly get to the end and find that you know light of the tunnel type of thing. Before you got sober, Rob, what do you think it was that got you through some of those really horrendous experiences and, and real isolation and, and depression? And, you know, there's moments in the book where the band Judas Priest is on top of the world. You know, you're doing the US tour on the British Steel album campaign. You're flying high. You're absolutely killing it in a professional sense but you know you, you go into open detail about how you spent a lot of the time on that tour you know having been single for five years 
basically just rolling up to like truck stops in Texas and trying to find some sort of sexual gratification from strangers in toilets just to feel a connection. And it sounds like such a low moment in your life. And obviously at that point you weren't sober. What do you think it was that, that got you through those times? Was it just sheer resilience? Well, it was that, but it was also my bandmates that I loved then and I still love now. We support each other. Of course, those those particular things that we're talking about were never talked about. Um, but it was just it's just being with your mates, you know. That's just a, a big thing, just hanging out with your mates like you were in a band, being on the bus together, doing the shows. The music, a thousand percent. The music is the healer. The music is the is the you know the, the, the substance. I'm able to get on stage at that, that particular tour and scream my tits off, as I call it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it makes me feel it makes me feel better. You know, it's like when you go to the gym or you have a jog. You know, you feel better afterwards, don't you? So all of those things were, were, were kind of helping me uh, deal with the the things that I was going through. The realities of being gay, you know, for the entire twentieth century, really, like it's it's hard for me as a straight man to to fully comprehend and understand what that must have been like. And your book, I think, is so important for shining a light on that. Um, and, you know, even like early on, some of those experiences with older guys kind of really taking advantage and things. And obviously when you're kind of coming to terms with your identity and you don't really know that world, you talk in the book about how initially you think, oh, maybe this is just how gay men behave. Like they kind of prey on vulnerable people because that was, you know, your introduction and all you knew it was, it was a hard time, wasn't it? Yeah, you, you act things out, don't you? Things things happen to you, particularly in your in your younger life, that 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 stay with you, and then you act them out later because you've had no kind of guidance. You, I didn't know any gay people. I didn't go to clubs or bars or anything like that. I didn't know what to do, you know. So I was acting out a lot of the things that happened to me, and um, that 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 happens, you know. It's not. I'm, a lot of these things that happen to me, Matt, they're not exclusive, you know. They're, they're, horribly, they're, they've, they've happened to a lot of people. Yeah. And, and, um, and, and particularly in the areas of bullying, which still goes on now, it's just a, a cruel trait that, that humanity has to, to bully people, you know, particularly in, in sexual identity and uh, particularly people in, in, in our community that are, that, 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 choose to display themselves in a, in a, in a way that some people, you know, don't like, or they find offensive or whatever. And so they're, they're bullied, you know, and in some cases they're, they're physically bullied. And that's, that's horrible. You know, I, I can't understand why that's still there and what, what it might, what it makes people that way. Maybe they maybe they too are acting things out, you know? Um, so it's, it's, it, it, it's complex to, 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 to some extent. And again, um, Keeping the channels open and, and having broad conversations, keeping the keeping the the whole connectivity moving slowly but surely, you you, um, you chip away at that um, that bigotry and, and that hatred, and and you. Uh, I've always said, Matt, you know, if you attack me, I'll, I'll take it because I, I need to know why. You know, I, I won't I won't dismiss you if you have a problem with me. I won't dismiss you. I'll welcome you in. Come and sit down, have a cup of tea and a hobnob with me, and we'll we'll figure out why you're feeling that way. Because um, it's just a peculiar, it's a peculiar thing that that that's, that some of us go through, and, and I'm always intrigued as to how and why um, these things happen. 
that's a rare frame of mind to inhabit in today's world and i wish more people were like that that you can't meet hatred with more hatred you've got to meet them with compassion and empathy and understanding and try and see their point of view right and then you can close down the barriers and the differences and the gap between you and try and get on the same page somewhere start there and then go from there yeah fear fear is just a lack of knowledge it's a lack of understanding you know and once you once you have an opportunity to explain things and talk things over um all that kind of dissipates. It may not completely vanish, but at least it, you know you're, you're giving everybody the, the benefits of a, of, a, of a deeper understanding of the issues. You, you talk about it a bit in the book, and I imagine there's been so many people over the years, and I doubt, uh, sorry, I don't doubt, I, I know for sure that there'll be loads more after this book, but you must have had so many people thank you and approach you and sort of say, you know, until you took that stand and you came out and you expressed yourself and were honest with yourself and, you know, you put yourself out there in that way to the world that that helped me to come to terms with what I've been going through. And that must be a beautiful thing to be on the receiving end of that and see that positive wave sweep over the metal community. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. You don't expect it, you know, and, and everything is, is, Every reaction, what is it? Every action gets a reaction, whether you're aware of it or not. And so when I, you know, when I formally came out on MTV all those years ago, um, and this this again was before the internet, really, and texting and so forth. People would send me letters and notes and just say, you know, because you did this, I did that, and and um, that that's great. And I, and I think a lot of us in the LGBT. Uh, Q community can relate to that. There's always a catalyst. There's always a there's always a moment, either either from reading about something or hearing somebody say something, and and um, and uh, remarkable things happen. Uh, you're unaware of it for the most part until you you know somebody gives you a hug at a meet and greet, and you know big big burly guy goes, oh thanks so much, thanks so much, mate. I'm I'm a gay guy too, you know, and and it's wonderful. And um, let me just walk that back a little bit because I, I really like to be precise when I'm talking about things like that. It's any kind of person. It's any kind of person. But when 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 I've met when I've met friends like me that that that, that, that just say thank you or a bit more time to to talk about um, these the issue of sexual identity. It's an absolute blessing. Could you imagine, Rob, if the internet was around when you came out, you would have broken it. <laughs> I don't know about that, man. I don't know, but uh, I'm breaking it at the moment with my gargling moment. So there's, there's a funny thing that's floating around the internet right now, and I have fun with it. I have fun with it because I, I'm already seeing some pushback, but but I have fun with it. You know, um, um, I'm I'm not uh, I'm not an aggressive uh, uh, person by any stretch of the imagination. I talk about that. In, in the book, that because of some of the incidents that happened to me as a kid, I don't like confrontation. I don't like shouting, screaming people. Firstly, that's that's just a waste of energy. And uh, but as a result of that, um, you know, I still have difficulty in, in dealing with confrontations as as we define them. But um, yeah, who knows what it would have been like if we'd have had the <laughs> internet from day one. What would you say to anybody listening to this who is a young person perhaps struggling with their, you know, identity at this point in life? What kind of words of encouragement and advice and support would you would you give them? I tell you first and foremost that you're not alone because you, you, you do feel alone. 
you feel strange, you feel odd, you feel like you don't fit in, and all of those things are, 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 are okay to feel that way because you're on a, you're on a, a journey of discovery. And then, um, if you if you can, just take that step. And, and you know, if you're a young person, um, uh, especially uh, know that your mom and dad love you unconditionally, and and that they're there to support you, like my mom and dad was. You know. Um, it was a little bit difficult with, with me and my dad at first, but he accepted it because, you know, he loved, loved his son. And so th- that's important to know. Uh, your mum and dad aren't going to kick you out of the house. Same with your mates and your friends. You really find out who your true friends are when, you, when you're dealing with something like this. And uh, more often than not, it'll be, that's great. Yeah, we still love you. Uh, again, the resources are there. Uh, you know, text, uh, all these different websites to go to that you can get help from. And there's probably places in your local community. There's an enormous wealth of of, um, of opportunity for you to find some comfort and some peace of mind and, uh, and get to the place where you are de- destined to be and you're entitled to be, which is to live your life like you want to live your life, not living your life because it's being made for you by the choices of other people. Amen. And I think everybody deserves that, don't they? And everybody should enjoy that freedom and that security in themselves because that's where you find contentment, isn't it? You talk about that a lot in the book. You say like when you came out and when you got sober and you really got got your head straight, it all it all followed. You know, life just seems to find a way, doesn't it, of of working out for the best when you're just at peace with yourself. It does. Yes. And, and the thing to remember as, as well is that you're never alone. You know, you might think you're by yourself, but but you're not. There's there's, there's always there's always something there with you. And uh, I, I discovered that as I um as I went through my uh, my recovery, because some of those some of those things that I went through, I don't know how I got through them, Matt. You know, it just seems extraordinary. But um. But there's, there's there's this beautiful this beautiful thing that surrounds you that that that, that, that is there you know eventually you, you might find out that you're never truly alone and, and that again is is a great uh, comfort and peace to have with you day to day. You talk towards the end of the book, obviously with lockdown being the way that it is, a lot of us have had loads of time on our hands to reflect and look back. And you say, like, I can't believe this has been my life, all these things that I've seen and done. And I won't give away a lot of the stories because there are some great stories in this book that I want to remain a surprise for people when they read it. But I have to ask you about Mickey Rourke because he, for me, Rob, is... One of the, if not the greatest actor of all time, I love his work so much. There's so much spirit and heart and soul in that guy. And he's just a true artist. And I know he's kind of had a bit of a bad rap over the years for being a little bit out, you know, outspoken and wild. And, but for me, he's just this beautiful soul. And there's a story you recount in the book where you're doing the the great movie spun with Mickey um, and you're doing scenes with him and stuff, but you've got terrible food poisoning and so you're basically evacuating every hole that there is and, and <laughs> why don't you why don't you share what mickey did for you on set when he heard that you were sick because it's a beautiful story it was a long it was a long ride up from uh, san diego where i lived at that time they sent me a limo <laughs> which is very nice but i'm still rolling around curled up in fetal position in the back of his limo <laughs> having to stop at every mcdonald's and, and gas station to use the loo but eventually i got there and um 
put me in this trailer, uh, you know, where you get, get your makeup and your, your clothes done, and then there's a tap on the door, and it's Mickey Rourke. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's Mickey Rourke. And he's there with his little dog, his beautiful little dog at the time. And he goes, how you doing, man? I go, oh, you know, okay, I you got the food poisoning. He goes, yeah, man, it's horrible. Come with me, I'm going to make you some chicken soup. And I'm like, hang on a minute, what's going on? <laughs> First of all, as you say, he's the most brilliant actor. And now he's offering to make me some chicken soup. But um, we went to a, a part of the catering and he was up there chatting about this, that and the other. And uh, it was as though we'd been friends forever. He was just so, such a beautiful man, you know. And he's imposing, very, very strong looking bloke, you know, and physically in his face and, you know, but he's been so sweet and gentle and he wouldn't put, wouldn't put his dog down. I don't know whether he's, I doubt if he's still got that dog, but that dog was with him, joined at the hip. He only put the dog down when he had to shoot a scene, but he was beautiful. He was beautiful, you know, and we did some scenes together and, um, and then I, uh, I was slowly getting a little bit better and I, 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 I uh, like he's around for a few hours before I, I was like, I don't know if I've got to go. Uh, but I watched him work. I, I was going to ask you work. how was that because, you know, you've got background in theatre before music. You're obviously a creative and an artist and you recognise talent when you see it, whatever the, the medium is. And what was it like being up close and watching a master like that? Like, just do it, do the thing. Yeah, because he just switches it on. You know, did I mean, he knew his lines. He did this one big speech did it in one take. Jonas was, was the director, Jonas Ackerlund, and, and are you ready, Mickey? Yeah, let's go. You know, <laughs> and then he turned it on. And I was just dumbfounded. I don't know, you know, and I've got some friends that, that, that do this kind of work, you know, name dropping, like Johnny Depp for one, and then Yul Vasquez for another. Um, I've, not, I've not seen those guys work per se. I've seen their work on film and on television. But, I, I, it blows me away that they were able to he's able to switch on to this character and, and do it so precisely and, and nail it. You know, I have nothing but the utmost admiration. They make it look so easy. That's yeah. why they're so good at what they do. And it's not it's terribly difficult. Because here, because here's the thing: when you when you get to know somebody, right, and then you see them doing that, it's like another person. The conviction. They take you away on this fantasy trip, like all movies are, fantasy for the most part. And, you know, it's make-believe. It's like a fairy story, and you're actually believing in it, you know? And that, to me, is the, is the greatest gift, that, that, that they can take you from the real world into theirs and make you believe in it. That's terribly difficult to do. And he's just the master of that, isn't he? He is, for me, as good as it gets. What what, what a great story with the chicken soup as well. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's, good soup. There's some amazing... I mean, you've got a great Andy Warhol story in there, which I won't give away. Johnny Depp, who you mentioned, is in there as well. There's a moment at Live Aid with Jack Nicholson. Tell me about that experience that day, you know, the biggest gig on earth. You're on the New York side. Uh, you've got Sabbath out there, Zeppelin out there, so the Midlands representing. I mean, what comes to mind when you think back to that day now? It must have seemed like such a surreal, bizarre dream and just one of the greatest days of your life. It must have been. Yeah, because you just a you know, lad from Warsaw and this great band, and then you're looking at all these incredibly strong, talented people that you're sharing the stage with. I was there all day. We got there just after breakfast, and I stayed there till. Was it midnight or so? And it was this constant kind of 
it was like Sunday night at the Palladium, if you remember that. The stage would, would, would turn around. Yeah. So while you were performing, the other band was setting up. Yep, yep. And it was like a revolving stage. It was going on all the time. And um, so, yeah, I, I was out in the audience for the most, most of the day. I was there with everybody, all, all, all the fans, you know, screaming and yelling for all, all of these great people. Mick, Mick Jagger and Tina Turner, you know. Um, we went on just after Crosby, Stills and Nash. <laughs> what a segue. It was segue. all over the place. It, <laughs> yeah, it was, I tell you, it was brilliant, Matt, because, um, you know, like a lot of our British music festivals, we just blow the doors off as far as, like, it doesn't have to all exclusively be this kind of music. You know, music is music and it's mixed up and, and that's a great way to enjoy music. You take the blinkers off and just try and, try and have a go at listening to everything because you never know what you're missing. And so it was for me on that day, but it, it was mind-blowing, you know. And then the end of the night, when I'm at this bit of a fancy do in some penthouse in Philadelphia, and there's a guy leading up the corner, it's Jack Nicholson. You know, I'm like, <laughs> should I say hello? And yeah, go on, I'll say hello. The All coolest right, guy yeah, on earth. He's got to be. Coolest guy. Unbelievable. So, so again... It seems that all of these professionals, you know, all of the people that have been in the, in the business for a long time, they're so grounded, they're so approachable, you know, they're so lovely. And Jack was like that with me. We were having a bit of a chit-chat, and then some, some drunk guy comes, oh, Jack, uh, flew all the cuckoo's nest, man, fucking shiny, bro, and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> and Jack smiling with his smile and his eyebrows. Yeah. Yeah, nice to meet you, man. And this guy wandered off, and I said to him, Did you get that a lot, Jack? He goes, All the time. You know, so <laughs> amazing. Amazing. Uh, who's your favourite person you've ever met? Would it be our, our, uh, our Majesty herself, Queen Elizabeth? Would she be the, the most special and memorable? star that that you personally have met because of you know your fondness for the royal family and that must have just been as you say when you're a kid and you saw the queen come to warsaw and it was like this amazing moment and you thought she was waving at you and then to get to finally meet her and the circumstances around that day incredible one of the funniest parts in the whole book that chapter was so good yeah i you know i've always loved the royal family that's just the way i am Everybody's got different feelings, but they are a family and they've been very open in recent time about the things that they've gone through as a family like most families do. I thought that was wonderful when they opened everything up because I think that's endeared us to them even more. But but again, for, for a guy from Warsaw going through the, the, the gates of Buckingham Palace and then walking up the steps and going into the big music room and seeing all these other amazing people, Brian May and Status Quo, Kate Bush, tons of people, Scylla by herself in the corner, so I left myself on too. <laughs> this and is then, this is know, Scylla yeah. Black for everybody listening. Yeah, she becomes your 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 mate date for the day, doesn't mate she? Mate for the night. <laughs> yeah, she's my blind blind date for the night. Um, and then you know the equerry comes over. Would you like to meet her Majesty? Well, yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. And then she's there, you know, and she's just like radiating. The thing about Her Majesty is that she does that. It's just magical. I don't know whether it's just the mystery or the history of the, of, of the royal family because, you know, the family goes back hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years and in the DNA, but she's glowing. She's literally glowing, you know, as she's standing there in front of you and, you know, Scylla's like, he's come all the way from Finland, your majesty, because she's, she's met the Queen several times, obviously, at that point. Oh, really? Yes. What kind of music do you play? Heavy metal. Ooh, heavy metal. Why do they play it so loud? You know, I'm like, oh my God, the Queen has just said heavy metal. <laughs> you know? But, uh, but, and then I'm trying to shake her around and Phil is going, don't, 
don't dig him in the ribs with her elbow. Don't shake hands with the Queen. Well, I don't know, silly. You know, I don't know. We're all protocol. <laughs> and, um, and so, man, he's absolutely mad. You know, you can't make this thing up. You can't make it up because it's real. And yeah. uh, that's just a beautiful, cherished memory. Truth is stranger than fiction sometimes, isn't it? And, and spe- certainly with your book, there's certain moments in that where I just think, like, you could not write this stuff. The Andy Warhol story, you couldn't write that. And I wanted to ask you, I know you're a big fan of Lady Gaga. Have you seen the news uh, the other day? It was announced um, Miley Cyrus is going to be doing an album of Metallica covers. Did you see this, Rob? I did, yeah. I'm a, I'm a bit of a news hound in that respect, Matt. Uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, as soon as I wake up, I turn my phone on and I'm, I'm checking to see what's happening in the in the music world, entertainment and so forth. That's amazing. She's incredible. She Marley's is. Miley's voice. She's, she's, she's phenomenal. Driver. If you think about her life in show business from being a little kid, now she's kept her head on straight. She went a bit mad for you know as a teenager, which you, you should do. That's your right to go a bit mad as a teenager. Um, but um, she was expressing herself. Um, but to, to, to read that, I can't wait. I can't wait. It's going to be great. You know, she did um, Fleetwood Mac song. Yep. Um, I can't remember what it was now. But she has an extraordinary voice, like Gaga. You know, the voice is everything. But but to think that, and she's a metalhead. You know, she's always giving the horns up and sticking a song out. But um, she's just she's just amazing. She's somebody else I'd love to meet at some point if, if the stars ever align. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. For you personally, because you've obviously been on the receiving end and you've probably kind of had to deal with the metal elite many times in your past, you know, whether that's through your own musical excursions into, you know, quote unquote, non-metal music or just in the kind of the public forums and stuff. And you must see it a lot like, you know, that's not metal and whatever, but... I love that you're just so unashamedly open about what you like and who's to say that you can't be the biggest heavy metal fan in the world and also like, you know, Lady Gaga and Miley Cyrus and people like this. Like, music's music, isn't it? And if it moves you and it makes you feel and it's authentic and honest and sincere, then... Yeah, yeah, exactly. You like what you like, don't you? exactly what it is. Yeah, of course you do. Of course you do. 
And, you know, again, it might be a bit difficult as a teenager because you've got peer pressure from all your mates and, oh, you don't like him or you don't like her, do you? They're, they're crap or whatever. That's natural. But, it, it, you know, you claim your music for yourself, don't you? I mean, my, my phone here that I'm talking to you on is rammed full of all different kinds of music, every kind of music. I love it all, you know, and, um, and I, I find it tremendously inter- interesting as a, as a musician. And a lot of it is inspiring, you know. Musicians are always inspiring each other. And it doesn't have to be from your particular genre that you're attached to and that you love. I've always been a metal maniac and always will. But I'm not stupid, you know. I know that there's just great things out there in the music world that uh, are waiting to be checked out. If you were to meet a fan, which I'm sure you have in the past, and they've said, you know, you can't be a metal fan and like this, what would you say to them? How would you try and appeal to their common sense and say well come on get, get on board give it a go <laughs> yeah it's, i tell you i tell you it, it's probably one of the one of the few things in life where it, it, it's kind of difficult to, to um to change your point of view <laughs> yeah. and and that's that's because we claim our music don't we we really claim it we really dig into it and we, we possess it because it's something very special to us and there's a and there's a un, unique relationship that each of us have with the music that we love but I found that as I've as I've moved on in life, <clears throat> for example, I think my musical my musical acceptance for for, for all the great things out there uh, is is a lot lot different now in my sixty ninth heavy metal year than than what it was maybe as a as a thirteen year old. You know, that's just a fact because that's the way life that's the way life goes, and, and your choices and your opportunities uh, are always changing. But um, but yeah, I mean, man, there's, there's so much good stuff out there, you know, and it's at your fingertips, which I never had as a as a younger person. Well, I'm hoping you make this collaboration with Gaga happen at some point. You talk about how it nearly happened in the book, and I, I would love to see and hear whatever you two decided to do together. I'm sure whatever it would be would be, you know, exciting and fresh and completely unique. And what a talent she is as well. She's great. I love it. Women power, girl power. Bless them. You know, we wouldn't be here without women. Amen <laughs> to that. None of us blokes we wouldn't be here without beautiful mums and, and, and women are so strong and, and, and powerful. And uh, especially in music, uh, just citing her and Madonna and Miley and, and my friend Mariah from um, In This Moment and going back to Vinegar Joe with Elkie Brooks and Janis Joplin and Shirley Bassey and oh my god you know it, 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 the power of women can't be understated you just reminded me there there's a good little Madonna story in the book as well I nearly forgot about that <laughs> I'd, yeah. uh, I'd love yeah. to pick your mind on <laughs> spirituality Rob I know spirituality's played a big role in your life and I'd love to just hear about your I don't know your personal stance where you stand on your relationship with the unknown and, and how your connection to something bigger and, and deeper has kept you you know, in the the life that you're accustomed to, how has it kind of kept you happy and sane? And it's an interesting story because you know when you I, I don't know whether it's part of the school curriculum now, but we used to have um, religious studies, I think, as they as they call them, and and they were very broad based. They they weren't you know specific to one faith. It was a it was it was a pretty pretty wide. Um, uh, education as to all the, all of the different beautiful faiths that there are in the world, and um, so that was with me as a teenager. I didn't really think much of it because you don't do when you're a kid that, that kind of stuff. You don't really 
doesn't really mean anything to you personally. But it was almost clean in my head as I as I moved on in life, and um, and I think that you know as a, a, again I, I've understood now that there's there's always been some something or someone or whatever you want to describe this thing as. It's with you. It's with you, whether you believe in it or not. <laughs> it's there, and um, so that has always been there. And I, and I found find it, found out more about that when I became uh, you know, starting my cleaning sober journey thirty six years ago, because you you have to accept. You have to you have to try and find um, an acceptance that uh, there is something there is something going along with you to. Um, I don't know who's trying to call me up this from this phone. It's, um, <laughs> it's it's politics over here. My phone is blocked, but I'm still getting robo calls to block for this person, that person. Sorry about that. No um, worries, mate. Not anyway, at all. Don't worry. Uh, yeah, but um, but you know, in, in my clean and sober life, that that's that's been important to me. It brings me great peace, you know, for lots of different things that I do. Um, I utilise it every day. I believe in in uh, meditation and prayer because uh, that works. It works for me. Uh, I've had my I've had my encounters with um, the unknown, as I talk about in the book. From yeah, clairvoyant Pearl was yeah. an incredible story, and Pearl. I've never had anything like that in my life. But the way you detail it, she's telling you all these yeah. intimate details and private moments that you and your your, you know, your previous partner who passed away, Brad, you shared with him that nobody else would know. And she's like yeah. quoting word for word verbatim what happened. And that must have yeah. blown your mind. Was that when it all changed for yeah. you and you realized there is life after death? Yeah, well, I, you know, I know I always had a, I was always curious about this, you know, <laughs> all these ghost things on YouTube and, and so on and so forth, and paranormal activity. There's so much about life that we still don't know, you know, because it's all we live life on the surface. We, we're just very reactionary. We don't really go deeper, and to some extent, we don't need to. But if you choose to look at it deeper, you find some remarkable things, and it's like UFOs and all that kind of stuff. It's it's it's, it's fascinating to me to try and think why are these things happening or are they even real? I don't know, but let's don't dismiss it. Investigate it, you know. And it's the same with me and my um, and my my spiritual journey, you know. And uh, that's just that's just important to me. And I'm not um, I'm not a Bible thumper. Never have been. Never will. But I just understand and appreciate how valuable that part of me is in the connection that they have that I have with it. It must have been so heartbreaking for you as well on so many levels. Like historically, I know that rock and roll music and metal in particular has been blamed for, you know, so many atrocities that it really has nothing to do with. And whether that's church groups or, you know, the the PMRC or anybody like that. And obviously you guys had the worst example of that when the courts in Nevada came after you for that horrible, really unfortunate incident that, you know, again, you had absolutely nothing to do with. And you had to go to court and everything, and it must have it must have hurt you as somebody who is a spiritual person who loves to think that anybody would think that you know anything connected to you could be responsible for inciting anything negative at all, let alone something as as horrendous as that. Yeah, I mean the, the simple accusation that, that that you're making music that that can uh, make people harm themselves is ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. That's not 
that's never been a property of music. Yeah, there are some elements of music that are very, very powerful and potent, but th- th- there's there's uh, there's no perception there that that, that as, as a result of that, uh, horrible things are going to happen. That's just crazy. So we couldn't believe it. You know, we we thought it was just a, not exactly a joke, but we we never felt that we'd be given a subpoena from a sheriff as we stopped stopped off the tour bus in Texas. You, you've got to appear in court on this day at this place at this time, or you'll be jailed. That's what a subpoena does in America. So we didn't have any choice. And you took yeah, the stand, shown, didn't you, Rob? We, we yeah, that, yeah. I, I went up there and did my bit. For, for, for us all in the band and uh, and it went further than that you know the, 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 the terrible side of that whole story was these two beautiful lads that lost their lives and they were just mad for the priest they loved heavy metal yeah but the, the mixed up place that they were at with the you know the booze and the drugs and the dysfunctional family and the game that they were probably playing that went terribly wrong uh, it was awful so we were there we were there, you know, thinking about those boys and trying to represent them as best we could by saying that, no, our music is just the opposite. Priest's music has always been destined to uplift you, to make you feel good, you know, to overcome difficulties and challenges in, in life. We, we put that in our words, you know, sometimes not black and white, but they're there. Priest has, has always been this beautiful band of, 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 um, of hope in, in a lot of respects. I love learning about how a lot of your lyrics so early on were very open about your sexuality as well, and they just went like completely missed for years. That's quite, it's quite baffling, isn't it? It must have been baffling to you. You must have been banging your head against the wall going, when are people going to see and read between the lines? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially with that one song, Raw Deal, after, after the Sin After Sin album. I'm talking about Fire, Fire Island, which is this. I've never been to Fire Island. In all my years, I've never been there. Just for I don't know why, but but it's this great hangout where all the guys go, and and uh, it's amazing. And a lot of my friends have been, and they go every year. They can't go this year for obvious reasons. But um, but but uh, it was just a story. It was a story that I wrote for this song called Raw Deal, and it um, it's a very interesting song that that is because it talks about not only the place. But it also reflects about where I am. I think I think there's a line in there that goes something like, "I used to dream in statues alive, and and I used to dream in pictures. Now I dream in colours." It's it's a little bit abstract. And then there's the end phrase, which is a famous quote, which is "Love, love, nowhere, no laws." Which it doesn't. Love doesn't know any laws. There's no laws directing love. Who you can love, who you can't love, you know. And, and and I thought that was I don't know where that came from, but there it is. It's the it's the outro. It's the outro of the song. But there was that song that, that was on that album, and for the longest time, it was just a, it was a song. You know, nobody really put two and two together. Not that that was ever my agenda, because I have never and will never use priest for my own personal you know um, agenda or expressing my feelings about this, that, and the other. Everything that you hear from priest is 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 uh, agreed upon. We support each other 100%. That's why, you know, I'm always there when everything's being done because we're, we're always looking after each other's needs and, and the best ways to express ourselves musically. But it is a remarkable song, and it's only been in recent years that even now people are listening to the music rather than listening to the words and trying to figure that out. 
I think any lifelong fan of your band is going to have a field day learning about all the, you know, the different meanings behind songs and, and experiences making records as well, whether you're out in Ibiza or Ringo Starr's place. There's some great behind-the-scenes rock and roll stories and there's some of the tour stories as well from being out with ACDC on the Highway to Hell tour, touring with UFO. Of course, as well, today, uh, it was just announced, obviously, the rescheduled dates for your huge tour with Aussie and obviously this year has been so tough on so many bands and fans we've all been denied live music um, and it was great to see today that that tour has been rescheduled it's announced and and fingers crossed this thing you know is taken care of and and we can get back to business as usual and you know that tour has to happen because it's going to be so good and, and I love the stories from the book about you singing with Sabbath uh, you know, for the Aussie No More Tours tour in 92, also Ozfest in 2004. Um, old friends of yours, two iconic Midlands bands, and that's just the tour that needs to happen, isn't it, Rob? It's going to be brilliant. And, and let me just quickly take this opportunity because it's the first time we've had a chance to address it. We, we want to thank our fans for being so patient, you know, because I know it's terribly disappointing. We're, we're just as disappointed as you are, because we've had to, we've had to uh, make this uh, make this change again. Um, you know, Ozzy had this terrible accident, um, so the, the the we had to reschedule then. And of course, we were all set to go. We were all set to go. We were all hoping that by now, the that, that something might have happened as far as a, a vaccine and so forth. But it's not. There's this terrible second surge is happening. So. We thank everybody for their patience and their care and their understanding. And it will happen. It's going to happen. It's destined to happen. When something like this has been kicked around a bit like a football, <laughs> um, we're going to get it. In, we are going to get it into the back of the net. Yeah. So I know it seems like a long way away, but it's not really because we're almost at the end of 2020. And there's still a lot of recovery uh, having to go on um, uh, in 2021. Uh, even though we intend to, to try and do our best to go out and do some of these rescheduled 50, uh, 50th anniversary dates. Ozzy doesn't want the vaccine just yet because he doesn't want to grow antlers, <laughs> he said the other day. I'm not having a vaccine yet. I want it to be tested. I want it to be, you know, make it work. I'm not going to be jabbed and then grow a pair of antlers. So, <laughs> so, so Ozzy. And we talk, talk about because, a survivor because, right there. That guy is a oh machine. My God. Oh, he's amazing, especially especially on top of everything else. He's dealing with what Glenn's dealing with now, with Parkinson's. Yeah. And they're a beautiful example of strength and power and hope and resilience to, to still live a, an, an active, productive life. And uh, so, yeah, it'll be happening. And it's, it seems like this is just going to blow the doors off. When this does happen and that tour starts in 2022, it's going to be the biggest thing on the planet. You know, everybody's going to want to see it for lots of different reasons. And you've obviously stood in for Ozzy and we're all rooting for him and we know he'll be fine. But, you know, I'm sure there'll be an opportunity for the two of you to get up on stage together and and, and blast them out. And, I mean, for me as a Birmingham guy, I just feel so much affinity for those two bands. And they've just really kind of put not just metal music, but Birmingham on the world stage in such a great way. And I'm rooting, I'm rooting for you guys, and I cannot wait for that tour. It's going to be magical, Rob. I know it is. Yeah, yeah, especially our hometown gig in, in, in Brom. Um, it's just, uh, 
it's going to be uh, extra special, that one, for sure. Will the inflatable bull be making an outing on that tour? <laughs> uh, you know, you know, I, 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 that's one thing I kind of kick myself in the arse for saying, talking about that, because I love surprises. You blame you the know. cover, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I love but that. I hope that, you make it happen. Said, yeah, it's going to happen. Having said that, everybody's like, what's this bull about? I tell you, it's going to blow your mind, man. It's going to blow your mind. Because <laughs> I, I haven't actually seen it in life. Yeah, I've, I've got videos of it and, and, and clips as it was being made by this amazing company in, in the Netherlands. And uh, <laughs> I still watch it every now and again. And it, it happens in seconds. And it's like it's there. And it's just, oh, my God. It's just there, you know. And, and, and it's just going to be such a such a great exclamation point to everything that we love about heavy metal and celebrating the bull ring and i didn't know anything about the yeah. history of it beyond you know the sort oh, of yeah. the, the meat the meat market stuff and it was great oh, getting yeah. an insight into that have you seen peaky blinders rob i imagine you're a fan of that oh god massive fan why are they only doing so many they only do a few episodes don't they uh, i think yeah, that's I the I best made... thing to happen to the midlands since priest and sabbath i really do i think it's really made birmingham a kind of a a cool chic hip world-renowned spot again like everybody all over the world loves that show and it's been such a great thing for birmingham yeah especially when you go over to the black country museum yeah and you can walk the same streets where they did did a lot of that shooting around the canal the cut and everything else you know some of the factory settings you can see it in real life that's a great day out that is i, I urge everybody if you can to go and have a, have a day to the black country museum you learn so much about our part of the world matt and um is there, is there a story in the book about my niece and the piece of coal? She's there never is. Seen coal before. There is, yeah. yeah. And she's, she's never seen coal before. She's asking you what it yeah. is, and you're like, hey. What do you do? <laughs> <laughs> Are you winding me up? It's coal? What's coal? Oh, come on, back here. Yeah, it's coal. What does he do? You put it in the fire? What do you put it in the fire for? So because fire, this heat, it'll keep you warm. We've got some sleep, haven't we? Oh, God, okay. Sit down. Let me explain all this a bit more detail. You know, and then you tell the stories of, of these amazing uh, men, and, and in some cases, little kids that went down the coal mines, you know, to draw coal and the back of a horse and back of a donkey or whatever. It's remarkable. We have such a rich, beautiful history of tradition in the Midlands, as there is all over the UK, but particularly from our part of the of the world. It's a very endearing little story in, in the book, that one. I have to ask as we approach the end of the conversation, Rob, and I don't want to be dour, but you do, you know, you address it towards the end of the book and you talk about you're getting older and you're thinking about, you know, the remaining years of your life. For you, will you go out with a big bang, do you think, with Priest and do one last victory lap? Or, or I mean, have you sat around and discussed with the guys the future of Priest and whether you would like to do a sort of a farewell thing at some point or are you just going to keep rocking and and take each year as it comes. I love I love the Rolling Stones. I, I, whenever I think about this, think about the Stones and what Mick and the boys are doing. Just keep, and keeping is, on if rocking. Can, if they <laughs> if they can do it, we can do it. Yeah. You know? Again, it's all it's inspiration, isn't it? I mean, I've always said as well that for me, particularly as, as a singer, it, it's my voice. If my voice can still uh, do the business. And uh, and it, and it's not becoming embarrassing. Then uh, then I, I do I will keep doing it. You know I love it. it I, I I also feel that there's a responsibility because I've said a million times for us in priests we can't be who we are and where we've got to and the the beautiful life that we've had we've had without our metal maniacs. 
your fans sustain you, your fans give you um, inspiration and, 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 and urge you on to the next album or to the next show. So who wants to let go of that, you know, apart from, apart from that commitment that you've made with each other? So, um, no, I don't think they'll ever be there. We, we, we had a little bit of that moment with the Epitaph 2, and that went off kilt, you know, kilt. It was just like, it was never intended to be a farewell tour in, in the reality of things. It just got very miscommunicated. So we've been that we've been down that road, and I, I think that you know, j- just keep doing it, just keep doing it, and um, and and that's what we'll uh, that's what we'll do with Priest. You know, we'll we'll keep forging the metal. I love it. Long live Judas Priest. Well, I'm sure you've been asked this one before, Rob. But what does heavy metal music mean to you, and what do you think it's given you on a personal level? How has it affected and impacted and and changed your life? If you can summarize it obviously that's a huge open-ended question but i'm sure you've thought about it over the years particularly this year in lockdown like what would life have been like without heavy metal um well it's hard to imagine because uh it it is such a such an an inclusive part of who i am as a person um you know i'm a 69 year old metalhead and i listen to metal every day and um and uh, again, it sustains me. You know, I don't know where I would be without it for, for, for so many for so many reasons. But um, but I'm just blessed. I'm blessed, and I'm grateful, and I'm thankful to uh, our fans for, for keeping us here, and uh, to the rest of the lads. And um, everybody's everybody's in the life of priest. Uh, this band is this band can go anywhere in the world, and we'll have our metal maniacs waiting for us. And that's that's also a thrill because we've always flown the, the flag of British heavy metal. So when you stand on a stage in Brazil or Australia or, or Tokyo or, or, or Moscow, you know you, you're doing it for, for for British heavy metal, and that's also something that uh, us in Proust have been uh, very proud of. Rob, I I just want to thank you for the music and for sharing your soul in the book and just for everything that you've done for the Midlands and it's just been a real pleasure and a joy and an honour having you on the show today. I've I've really enjoyed talking to you, mate. And yeah, you're the best. Thank you for everything. Same here. Same here. We'll have a we'll have a cup of tea and a hobnob when it's safe to do so. Well, hopefully, hopefully, Bloodstock will go ahead next summer. You guys are, are set to be headlining oh, that, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, are you going to be there, Matt? A hundred percent, mate. Go to Bloodstock. A hundred percent. I'll bring my book That's along it. and ask you to sign it if I can find you. I'll be if it goes I'll ahead. Be very happy to. Yes, I'll be very happy to. Fingers crossed. I think by then we should be sorted. I mean, all these vaccine trials are speeding along, and and I mean, it could come at any moment. This great vaccine that we need, like the flu jab. I've already had my flu jab for this year. Um, <laughs> But 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 by then I've got a feeling that, that by uh, I mean we're 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 scheduled to kick off again. I see the end of May, start of June, and everybody's pointing to the summer of next year as being the the, the launch point. You know that we can all be back with each other again because we we miss it. We miss shows, don't we? Not just metal. We miss all of these beautiful shows, the festivals especially. That they're they're really special. So we we miss being with each other and. Um, Hope and optimism, you know, you've got to live with that and uh, and we'll be seeing each other uh, next year. It's a big year for you next year as well, the big 7-0, isn't it? So how great would that be to get back out on the road, doing what you love, 
seven decades in. Yeah. Quite I, quite I, I alive. Can't wait. <laughs> can't wait, yeah. It's going to be brilliant. I'm, I'm so excited to have that opportunity. So bring it on, I say. My final question to you, Rob Halford, before I let you go, is this. If you had the choice and you could have any act touring today, when touring is a thing again, once concerts start over, who is, in an ideal world, the first act that you would love to see live to reintroduce yourself to the experience of gigs? If you could have anybody oh still doing it. Oh, Oh dear, I, I, I don't know. See, these are the I, I, things you've got to start you know, thinking about now, mate. <laughs> I know I have. Yeah, I know I have. I mean, I don't, I'm, I'm always excited about new bands that are uh, are out there, you know. And not so new band, these Royal Blood. I love Royal Blood. I love what they do, you know. Are, are we talking about a, a special guest as an opening act? Is that what we're talking about, Matt? No, just you, um, as, just you as a punter, because what I loved about your book is even though you've stopped drinking, you still go out to gay bars and gay clubs. Yeah. And even though yeah. you're a lifelong musician, you still go out to shows all the time. And yeah. I love that. Yeah. So you're obviously still oh. into the idea of just being a punter at a gig. So that was yeah, that was what I was um, intrigued to know. If you can get out oh. of the house and go see a well, show, what's the first one going to be? Yeah, um, Mighty well, Cyrus well, doing Metallica. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I love to see my mates. Love, love to see my mates Iron Maiden. They're a great band. You know, there and you go. Uh, so I'd, I'd run out to see them for for, for sure, and then. Tom with Rage Against the Machine, which I, I hear is they were supposed to be going out this year, weren't they? But they'll be going out, and then and then uh, Maynard, who lives a couple of hours away from me, with Tool, another great band. I'm one all over the place. There's there's three different expressions there. Uh, Nurgle with Behemoth, you know, Ishan with with Emperor, if it ever gets back together again. Um, White Snake, Scorpions. You're going to have a busy Can't calendar wait. then, Rob. You're going to have a busy calendar. Yeah. <laughs> metal, metal musical feast, that's for sure. Yeah, all over the place. Congratulations on the book, mate, and congratulations on just a great life. And, and like I said, it's been, it's been such a, a treat having you on. Thank you. It's been a pleasure, Matt. I've really enjoyed myself. Look after yourself, wash your hands, wear a mask, do all the things that the scientists tell you, not what the politicians do. And we'll get through this together and uh, see you in the big 2021. See you on the other side, mate. You take care. All the best. Cheers. Bye-bye now. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 